The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. With the Olympic figure skating season starting today, we have the first in a series of three trips down memory lane. We are reminiscing with Olympic champion and figure skating legend, Christy Yamaguchi. She remembers her 1992 Olympic victory with Adam Rippon and Meryl Davis as part of our Time Machine show, which you can also watch on YouTube. Anyway, over to host Nick McCarvel with more. What's up guys and welcome to our first ever episode of Time Machine, a new original series where we travel back in time to some of the most memorable moments in Olympic history and we've got a whole new perspective on them. I'm your host Nick McCarvel and today we are skating our way back to the 1992 Albertville Winter Olympic Games in France where American Christy Yamaguchi won the gold medal in figure skating, becoming the first ever Asian American to do so. We're joined by Christy herself. Hi, Christy. Hello. <laughs> and we're also going to have a couple of panelists joining us today in what promises to be a fun, fascinating, and surely inspirational chat. We've got on with us Olympic ice dancer and 2014 Sochi gold medalist. Hi, Meryl Davis. Hello. Happy to be here. And last but not least, he is a bronze medalist at the PyeongChang 2018 Olympics. He is the king of all social media platforms. Adam Rapon, how are you? Nick, I've never been better. I've never been more qualified to do something. <laughs> it's gonna be a golden moment here with all of you. And before we get to the good stuff, it's time to jump into our time machine itself. Let's travel back to 1992. It's time for our icebreaker. Madonna, Whitney, Sister Act, Batman, Aladdin, Michael Jordan, the Dream Team. It was also the year that CD sales overtook cassette tapes and the final time that the Winter and Summer Olympics were held in the same year. Christy Yamaguchi, first off, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you. I think you owned a few cassette tapes back in 1992, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I had many cassette tapes and actually probably all of my competitive music was even on cassette tapes. This is my cassette tape, Brian Adams. So the song, there's a song on this that I listened to <laughs> right before I headed to the arena for um, my long program. So <laughs> that is amazing. Brian Adams, is that what you said? Yeah. So the song was There Will Never Be Another Tonight, which was obviously appropriate for that. <laughs> I'm, there I there wasn't that. another tonight for you because you win that free skate. Obviously, we're going to talk about that today. But when you look back at 1992, what's kind of the one emotion or what's the one thing that pops up the most for you? You know, so many factors and people and uh, support went into, you know, being able to hold that gold medal. So it's, it's still kind of like a pinch yourself moment. It really is. I'm so excited to talk about it today. And also we're going to talk about the hair. Don't think we're not going to yeah. talk about the hair. Okay. I tried to tease it up today, but can't, I can't get it that high anymore. <laughs> 
92 levels. That takes a lot of hairspray. Uh, Meryl Davis, I, I want to go back to 1992. And you were a, what, a, a future Christy Yamaguchi yourself? I was thinking about it last night, and we've probably all seen that M&M commercial where the M&Ms are there and they're waiting for Santa, and then they see him, and then they say, oh my gosh, he does exist, and they pass out. <laughs> and that's how it feels, you know, as a young figure skater to get to meet or interact with someone like Christy. I mean, there's no one like Christy, but. Oh, Meryl, let's go ahead. Adam, I'm, I'm a little nervous here. You were in your terrible twos in 1992 and um, hanging out with mom. I was, I didn't have a yarn wig, which I think is my mom's fault. All right, gold medal to Yamaguchi making history. Let's talk all about it with Christy and our panel. It's time now for a segment we like to call the free skate. So Christy, can you kind of set the scene for us? Your 1991 world champ, it, it is this total class of really tough competitors. We're gonna talk about the field from Albertville in a minute, but how did you bring expectations for yourself into the 1992 Olympics? You know, the whole competitive year heading into the Olympics, I was still seen as the underdog. I was mm. second at both of my international competitions back then. Skate America um, was uh, second to Tanya Harding. And then at Lolly Trophy, which was in Albertville that year, was I was okay. second to Midori Ito. So, you know, there was a lot of talk of, you know, me still being the underdog and not having a triple axle, but I kind of used that to take some of the pressure off, um, you know, knowing that, okay, that's fine. You know, let them look at those other two and I'll just do my thing. So Christy, as we watch this moment, what stuck with you over the years? First off, both of your programs were so iconic, but what are the things that really come up for you as we take a look at Albertville? Well, so this is the original program, as that was called back then in the olden days. I remember not wanting to get onto the ice that day and being like, oh, why am I doing this? Um, but then I received a, a note actually from my choreographer, Sandra Bezik, and right before I competed, and it just said, um, uh, like, take a deep breath. This is your moment you can do it and it just, it kind of just settled me down and um, I kind of tried to just block everything out and just go out and skate. I love that, a note from Sandra Bezik, you've got Brian Adams in your ears. When you watch this footage, I don't know how much you've seen of it before, but did different things pop out for you? Uh, I mean, this the free skate obviously brought you the gold medal, but actually seeing yourself on the ice has to be a, a different experience too. I've only really watched the full performance maybe four times through all the way and because it, it just it felt so much different than um what it what it looks like but the short program i was just looking i'm like boo that combo was probably not as solid <laughs> it could have been but um you know at least it was landed so uh yeah little little things here and there it was it, it's pretty funny going back back to look at it Amazing. And Meryl, this is a moment, I think, for yourself in Michigan and for young girls all over the country. It was broadcast all over the world. And I'm, I'm guessing that you and your friends were talking about Christy Yamaguchi. Yes, I was probably sitting on my parents' living room floor watching it uh, with my younger brother. And um, I mean, just the image of Christy in that black and gold costume, you know, everything about that moment 
it just is so iconic. Um, like you said, as a, as a young figure skater, this was it. This is this is the moment. This is what you dream of. It's what made young figure skaters want to put in the hard work every day, going to practice. You know, seeing this moment, witnessing a moment like this, um, and knowing that you know things like that are possible. Yeah, I want to go to Adam here. And Adam, obviously, you're only two or three years old when this happens. But as you start skating in the 90s, where does 92, where does Christy, where does her legacy play out as you really took your first steps onto the ice? Well, I'm like boiling over right now because I'm so excited to talk about this. So I started skating in like 1999. So I remember watching all of this after the fact. I think watching Christie's performance now, it's so interesting because I can see someone who is so totally focused on what they were doing and, and, and not so much on what the other competitors were doing. And the talk was only about the triple axel. And Christie was the reigning world champion, but there were two other US lady skaters on that podium as well. Midori Ida was the 1989 world champion. She had this, probably one of the best skates of the 88 Olympics. And I think what Sandra and what Christy did so well was that if you watch Christy's performance now, Christy was doing variations in spins. She was doing these very difficult transitions that people weren't doing um, back in the early 90s, along with like incredible technique, triple X, triple toe, and a free skate, a perfect short program. But you see all of these little variations and outside camel and the free skate, all of these things that really weren't like requirements or other skaters do until they were really implemented in the new judging system almost 12 years after Christy won gold. And I think it was like Christy being like, uh, you know, trying to think how can I separate myself from these other girls that are doing a triple axel or also trying triple triples. And it was obvious that Christy and her whole entire team had this plan of she was just going to go and she was just going to be as good as she absolutely could, which was the best in the world, and and focus on that. And it was, I mean, so inspiring. Oh. And all she did it all on a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> no HD back then either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we talk about high def, we can talk about the high quality of the field. We've mentioned Tanya Harding. We've mentioned Midori Ito and the triple axles. Nancy Kerrigan, as Adam mentioned, she was also on the podium at Worlds. It was an American sweep in 91. You had Surya Bonnelly, the French skater. The, the home crowd was so excited about her. You also had Chen Lu and Yuka Sato. I mean, you could almost say that this is one of the best top sevens, Christy, at an Olympics. So what was the feeling? What was the field like for you guys coming in? We have the artistry versus technical debate. You're the reigning world champ, but you've got those couple second places from the fall season. And that's a lot of, lot of quality skating out on the ice in Albertville. You know, they, they split up the, the top skaters among different practice groups. So you just kind of hear rumblings here and there on how everyone is doing and <clears throat> the first week or so, everyone's just like, oh my gosh, Midori Ito is just amazing. And she's just jumping bigger than ever. And I'm just sitting there going like, <laughs> okay. Um, Good job, Jerry. <laughs> you know, and then, you know the, the, like you said, the younger skaters, um, you know, coming in and Surya Bonali being her hometown crowd, um, you knew there was a lot of momentum there. So, um, you know, it was... 
you know, interesting. I think it's great to have a little bit of that uh, Olympic experience distraction uh, to, to, you know, take your head out of so much of that competitive um, mind frame. And, and, you know, it all comes down to that, that last minute. So I was just focusing on that, <laughs> I guess. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to quote here. This is a, a reporter who I think you all know pretty well. He says, There had been trash talk, intimidation, second guessing, and that was before the action began. <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy, is, did that feel like it on the ground, or are you kind of a um, blinders person? Were you trying to put just the blinders on and focus on only what was in front of you? Well, you know, I mean, it's you're not completely blind to everything, but you know, I. <laughs> I was definitely a blinders person, but who is trash to, talking? To, to the trash, <laughs> trash talking. talking. I don't. I'm curious I don't know too. There's so much trash talking. I do remember that on practice session, Surya's mom would be videoing me. <laughs> oh. And like, you know, <laughs> like literally, just like yeah, yeah, on the crank. Ninety-one. Video camera on the shoulder. The hood. So, the crank. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes, you know, I was just like, and, um, you know, it, a lot of us will say, like, it's almost better sometimes to skate angry because then you, you have, like, a little more edge to it. And, um, you know, I think I let some of those competitive rumblings uh, do that for, for me. Christy, we're going to keep talking about you. This show is about you. But we've <laughs> been talking about for a minute the Midori Ito triple axle. And Adam, this was the first ever successfully landed triple axle by a lady at the Olympics in history, still one of only three. And as we watch this, I mean, the physicality of it is incredible. But Adam, this was a moment in history for ladies figure skating too. Yeah, it absolutely was. Because I think for Midori, you could see sort of there was so much pressure on her. And like Christy was saying, in the beginning of the week, those fluff pieces, they were showing videos of Midori Ito doing triple axle, triple toes, bigger than I've ever seen anyone do them in my entire life. That was the footage. And it was that, that was the whole talk of everything before the competition had even started. Then you could see sort of as the week went by, the news pieces changed because I think the, you know, the pressure of the Olympics can be incredibly intense. And you could see that Midori was losing a little bit of focus when, when she had some of her other jumps happen. In this free skate, what makes that specific triple axel so impressive and so in the spirit of the Olympics is that that's not the first triple axel she tried in that program. She opens the program with, she was going to do a triple triple. She opens it with a double triple. So already not to the start she wanted. Then she goes into a triple axle, falls. So this is how she's opened her Olympic program. Basically, if I'm sure if you talk to Midori, she would think like, what a disaster. I mean, she's still Midori Ito. She's still absolutely fantastic. Her double let triple toe is better than anything I've ever done in my entire life. And But then she goes at the three minute mark and does the first triple axle ever in ladies Olympic competition. And it looks like she could have rested for two weeks after a retreat, she got a massage right before. She looks well-rested, she looks hydrated. She looks ready for anything. And I think the most impressive thing is that it's an incredibly gorgeous, one of the best triple axles ever done in competitive figure skating. It's the three minute mark at the Olympics. 
Christy, you mentioned obviously the pressure there and you made history in so many different ways, but that includes becoming the first Asian American Olympic champion in figure skating. Were you aware of any of that pressure? But then after that maybe came to light for you, Christy, how much did you feel like that was a part of your legacy that you could carry on for Asian American skaters, for skaters all over the country and all over the world? Yeah, going in, I it wasn't on my mind. I think I didn't really think about it. And, uh, you know, honestly, I just, I felt like another California girl from, you know, <laughs> that grew up. And, um, same. So, you know, it, it was more about, okay, I gotta land a triple S toe. That's all, that's all I was really thinking about going into the Olympics. Um, so I, I think I was after when um, I received so much support and outreach from the Asian American community is when it kind of hit me. I was just like, oh, wow, what's going on here? And, um, you know, it was kind of an interesting time climate wise with Japan, U.S. relations. So it was it was kind of ironic that, you know, the two top competitors were, uh, you know, girl from Japan and then a Japanese American girl because, it, it was a, a strained relationship at that point with, with Japan and the U.S. So I think afterwards is when it really hit me and when I was able to really appreciate what it meant, particularly to the Japanese American community. And um, and then also just gaining a deeper appreciation for, you know, what, my family, my ancestors and everything that they had gone through in order for me to live the, the American dream. Amazing. And Meryl, you've spoken about this a little bit, but that impact was felt at rinks all over the country by little girls like you who are strapping on their skates every day. It's true. Um, last night I went back and watched um, Christy on the podium, you know, and, and there were flashes of her parents listening to the national anthem being played. And Christy, you mentioned everything that your family had gone through over the years. And, um, you know, it was a tense time, like you said, between uh, with the Japanese American relations at that time. And it must have just been so uniquely special for not just you, but for your parents to listen to the American national anthem being played and watch their daughter on top of the Olympic podium. What a moment for your family. What a moment for the Asian American community. And, you know, we talk about representation mattering in terms of what happens in the future. And I think that, you know, you look at that moment for Christy, and then you look forward to the 2018 games in Pyeongchang. And I know Adam was obviously a huge part of that team. And those groundbreaking moments, those moments in history act as a catalyst for what the future looks like. And, and so much of the uh, US figure skating Olympic team in 2018 um, was comprised of Asians, Asian Americans. And so I think that those moments of representation where someone becomes the first, you know, it, it leads to great things in the future as well. And I, I, I think that Christy, you were probably a huge part of creating that movement. Oh, guys, we're getting <laughs> sentimental here. I love uh -huh. it. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Meryl said. Representation matters so much. And I think like uh, what Christy was able to do was that she really opened the door and she made a lot of, I think, Asian Americans really believe that they could see themselves being like Christy Yamaguchi. And um, someone who's not Asian American, I saw someone who didn't look like the rest of her competitors. And I, as like a really young gay boy, saw myself in Christy as well, because I felt a little bit different too. And so just seeing 
Christy out there meant so much to me as a young skater too. So I think that when you see someone who might not look like everyone else, might not be, or might not have the same background as everyone, and you see them succeed, it means so much to young skaters. It means so much to young people. Because I think sometimes we limit ourselves to what we think is possible. And when we see someone else do it, we think, oh, well, if they could do it, I can do it too. And um, I think exactly like Meryl said, you can see how it changed the landscape of skating for a very long time. Like if you did look at the 2018 Olympics, how many Asian Americans we had on the team. And it's a huge influence of skaters like Tiffany Chen and like Chris. Christy, let's go ahead and we talk about representation. What represents your Olympic moment? I, I think you've got some memorabilia with you today. We saw the cassette tape, which is already oh, my fave. But what <laughs> that else? That was you got? for um, for Meryl and and Adam because they probably never worked one before. So I had I had all of my programs on cassette tapes. Ooh. What? Okay, so I don't have my costumes because they are at the U.S. Museum in Colorado Springs, but I have a doll. <laughs> made out of my Olympic material. So my dressmaker, Lauren Sheehan, created this doll, and she oh has little skates God. on, too. Um, out of my- She actually Olympic has the same material. bangs as you. So. I know, the perm and everything, and the, and the oh gold same bow. Same makeup, yeah, that's gorgeous. <laughs> I know. That's so the cute. red, red, red lips, so very 90s. So that's that, and then, okay, I, this is my mom. You know, she's so great. Puts oh together my the God. my this Olympic is, album. Christy, this is very 1990s, right? Scrapbooks are so very 1990s. I mean, look a at that. A padded scrapbook. Like, and it's real picture. I think Meryl has all her Olympic photos on her phone digitally. Yeah. These are like actually printed out. So, but I wanted to show. Yeah, show. Okay, us. and back then we didn't have email or social media or anything, so. We had like telegrams that people said. Oh, um, so on the who's wall that of from? our- Who is that telegraph from? Well, this is, well, this one's actually a fax, which is <laughs> close to a telegram. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from um, someone from the Olympic family program. So my, my parents were able to attend the Olympics through oh. the Olympic family. Okay. Yeah. And then I want to find, okay, I have something from, Brian, oh, oh. This is priceless. what I would pay this, to see this book. And sit with yeah, Christy okay, looking so through it. Yeah. This is the, I know, the Olympic opening ceremonies. And I have a note here that says, future husband. <laughs> so that's literally the moment I met Brett. No I way, your husband. Oh He's like, God. And I was just like, really? So I went back and I looked and sure enough, he's in one of my photos. <laughs> No that way. is um, so cool to have that captured. Okay, I have to find, there is a note here from Brian Boitano. And so he sent this message to me. <laughs> can, and, you, can you please read it for us? Please? Yeah, it says pep talk. Um, and this was the morning of long program. And he said, this is your good luck talk. Take one thing at a time and enjoy every moment of how you feel. It happens very few times in life and it's definitely one to savor. You are going to be great and you'll also make a great champion. Sincerely, BB. 
Oh my gosh. It almost makes you emotional thinking about him writing that to you in that moment. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you have all of these things. And you said that your mom kept all these and put them in the scrapbook for you. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of these photos came from friends and family and then some are from my camera, you know, we had film back then, guys, that had to be developed. <laughs> so not very many pictures, actually. And then here is the note that Sandra Bezik had sent me. I know it's hard to see. All right. Um, wow. Right before my short program. And it says, express your passion, your strength, and your beauty. You've got it all. Love, Sandra. <laughs> so just, yeah, fun little things. I don't know. There's probably pictures from the you know the dorms you probably don't want to see <laughs> no, no those sound we should oh, for sure i want to see yeah <laughs> every hair yeah. on my body is standing up right now but look my sister she used my credential to get into the olympic village oh i don't God. know if i should be saying that so there's even a picture of my sister like partying with some of the the skaters <laughs> she had more fun there at the olympics than i did <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay well we're not gonna top those obviously but real quick meryl do you want to share one memorabilia that you have and adam you as well meryl ladies first sure well most importantly um i have some christy memorabilia which i <laughs> feel like i should treasure as much as my own olympic memorabilia but um I have a Christy Yamaguchi Christmas ornament that has been hanging on my tree since probably 1993. I would imagine maybe 92. And um, I have the same I, one. And like taking a picture of it on my tree of that ornament and texting it to Christy, I can't tell you as like when I put myself back in my little girl figure skater shoes, like pretty much the coolest thing ever is get to be like, look, I have your Christmas ornament on my tree. Aww. It's so cool. And I have a Christy Yamaguchi snow globe. Adam, real quickly, it sounds like you have the ornament and the snow globe. I have the snow globe. The snow globe was like my prized possession and the ornament, I had to hang it up on my mom's tree every year. And it's the only ornament that I've taken from home and I have to have it in my house. I have it every Aww. year. You're in like some sort of like layback thing and you're layback. like, Yep. And you, we hang you from your hand as wasn't as Hallmark wanted it. Um, and then my memorabilia is actually every time I see the Olympic rings, I get uh, sick to my stomach and I'm almost so nervous I could throw up because I didn't go so many times. And I'm like, it's never going to happen. Cry myself to sleep. Um, so what I have here is um, I have this is the only memorabilia olympic thing i have and you can see my ring like because god forbid <laughs> anyone see me in natural light um but it's the only olympic thing i have in my house because um one i think what the olympics can do is that like it's such a special thing and i can't wait to um help make such a special experience in games for all the athletes that come here in 2028. you're here all right, well, we are wrapping up here on Time Machine, our first episode centering around Christy Yamaguchi. And what I wanna do now is just take a moment to offer each of our panelists what has stuck out most about 1992 and Albertville uh, for them. And Meryl, why don't I go ahead and start with you? It, it took probably many years for me to appreciate 
the depth of that moment and, and what it meant for Christy, what it meant for young skaters, what it meant for US figure skating. Um, but I would just say Christy's icon status that uh, began in 1992 and then has continued on. Um, you know, I think that um, Christy's professional career was so impactful for me because I got to go see her perform year after year. And so, um, yeah, just Christy being cemented as an icon, um, you know, in American pop culture and then getting to um, just getting to witness sort of her influence on the sport of figure skating. Go ahead, Adam. What do you think? Um, well, for me, my whole skating dream started with watching Christy at the 92 games. And it's it was everything. It was the way that she got ready. It was the way that she was so prepared. It was the way that she performed. It was the experience I had watching her. My Olympic journey like started in that moment because I was like, I want to be part of that process. I want that same thing. And I think for so many people watching at home that the process of it all coming together, we saw just a small glimpse of it and then we could see the final product of when you skated. It um, it totally inspired me. It, it became more than just those four minutes that you see. It became like a lifestyle. And um, I think I can just echo everything that Meryl said because I agree with everything that she said, but I remember <laughs> everything about those moments and re-watching them and they're such a huge part <laughs> They're like the foundation of me as a human being, so. Oh my goodness, no way. <laughs> oh. I can't thank you enough for all the incredible nice things you said, but I, I hopefully will have the chance to, you know, maybe not on this show, but tell you guys how special it was to watch your respective Olympic experiences, because those are, are definitely etched in my memory as well. Listen, you can come on back to Time Machine anytime you want, Christy. Awesome. Well, thank you to our guests. Thank you to Meryl Davis, to Adam Rapon, to the one and only Christy Yamaguchi for traveling back to 1992 <laughs> with us on Time Machine, a new original series. It's time to say farewell. And you know what? Let's hit that star-spangled banner and let's see Christy Yamaguchi climb up onto the podium here. It's farewell for now. Olympic Channel Podcast. Big thanks to all involved there. For more Time Machine, head on over to olympics.com for more episodes. Next week, we are joined in the Time Machine by Nastia Lukin. So stay safe, stronger together, and see you very soon. Think like an Olympian.